Welcome to the awesomeo.com early bird podcast for Monday slate of MLB action. I am Jason Foy. That is Terry McBride. Terry, man, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good, Jason. It's been a good weekend. Nice and relaxing. A little bit frustrating on the DFS side. Had a good night uh, a couple days ago and uh, gave a lot of it back over the last two with some uh, bumpy pitching selections on my end. But uh, yeah, enjoying the weekend, enjoying baseball. You know, can't be too bad. You know, I guess when we talk about you know some of the the stories of the weekend as we head into this new week of baseball, is those top end pitchers not working out the way we thought they would work out? Yeah, we saw Nola get beat up the other day. I had a uh, very healthy share of him, kind of by mistake. I was uh, my first time uh, trying to crunch lineups, doing a live before lock at the same time, and uh, I was telling Emac yesterday I accidentally uh, left him selected on a uh, like fifty lineup shot and uh, locked him in by accident. So had more than I wanted, and he definitely underperformed. I think it was like a nine point nine on Fanduel. Similar day with Carrasco today. Uh, it was nice to see him not yield a bunch of walks, but just got hit around. They didn't see the game, so I'm not sure if they were quality hits or uh you know just little c and i kind of singles or what that got to him but uh rough start for him had a lot of him today so still getting there uh through the end of the slate we'll see where things happen but uh looking like a bit of a down day for yours truly yeah i'm i'm, uh, I'm looking pretty good today you know it's uh i haven't i've been more watching the basketball today more than anything else in terms of you know getting some th- stuff down running around the house but uh, i guess the other big news story was jose abreu uh, getting home runs in four consecutive at-bats, six home runs this weekend against the Cubs, two on Friday, three on Saturday, another one here on Sunday, the 43rd time in LB history a player has gone deep in four consecutive games. And, you know, when you look at, uh, obviously, when you hit four homers in, in four consecutive bats, it's going to make you one of the, the hottest hitters in baseball right now. When you look over the last seven days, he is exactly the hottest hitter, you know, batting five, uh, 533, seven homers, 15 RBIs. You're talking about uh, nearly half of his hits have been home runs. <laughs> it's not too bad, right? You get that out of a slugger in the middle of your lineup. And uh, yeah, no wonder that lineup's really been going so well so far this season. So yeah, it makes sense. We've seen quality from him before. We know he's a uh, you know a top-end star hitter. But, I mean, that's a heck of a run. I don't care who you are. Uh, you know, so he saw what Aaron Judge did earlier this year and uh, said, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, Tim Anderson, the other guy in that, that White Sox lineup that's off to a – you know, had a great week, three stolen bases, which, I mean, that's always a bonus where you can get that. You know, you know, we can't all have Fernando Tatis up 6 nothing stealing third base. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, he doesn't like those unwritten rules, huh? <laughs> stealing third base, hitting grand slams up big, you know? But yeah, I, I, Timmy's a player I really like to get to. Nice to see him back in the lineup the last few weeks, and he's just been a house of fire since he came back, uh, hitting a couple home runs, stealing some bases. So that's what he does. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, uh, but I've cited it a few times recently. Uh, just the last few years, the home run and steal quality, he just racks up those totals very nicely in those counting stats for you. So great option leading off atop that uh, powerful lineup. Really like getting to him. Look, as a DFS player, uh, I, I don't care about the unwritten rules. Yeah, me neither. As a baseball fan, I really don't. I to be quite honest, a lot of them never really made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, he's probably becoming a bigger star because of it. Because it's right. it's, it's it's bringing attention to him. Yeah, look, man, it's uh, like I saw the other day someone had created this video of him walking up to the bat. Uh, with the uh, walk-up song being Cry Me a River by Justin Timberlake. I mean, look, <laughs> hey, just ride with this, man. If Tati saw that, that should be his walkout song from now going forward. Uh, but, yeah, man, he is totally. he is an incredible um, incredible player and having a, yeah. off to a great start there. Yeah, Hinsane, that whole team is breaking, too, that oh. Padres team. They've been dynamite. 
Grand Slam Central. Yeah, yeah, another one last night. And some, like, anonymous one. I mean, I know they got, you know, Tatis, Hosmer got one. I think Manny got one. But uh, what was it, Cronenworth got one last mm-hmm. night? It's just like, yeah, some unexpected sources. So it's, yeah, uh, yeah, I saw, I guess, uh, man, it was, I don't know if it was, like, Friday or Saturday. So I guess, like, one of the beat reporters for the Padres, I guess it said, like, he would uh, walk through downtown, like, like in his underwear or something. And they asked uh, Hosmer about it. And he goes, I expect him to live up to that bet. Yeah, damn right. It's something like that in the press or in the media for sure. Got to. Uh, that's great. Of course, we'll let you know that today's show is sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports, the most trusted name in fantasy sports. One of the things you got to know about Yahoo DFS is that they now include CSV upload and CSV edit features for us looking to play those multiple lineups, which pretty sure if you're listening to this podcast, you, you like to play multiple lineups, make better choices, choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy. And I will tell you the top pitcher on Monday slate on Yahoo uh, Daily Fantasy is Trevor Bauer at $59. So you got to pay up if that is a pitcher you're going to target. Of course, we'll talk about him. As we go on through this slate, of course, Monday slate, we got nine games total. Uh, the main uh, slate on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo starts at 7-10. That'll be a seven-game main slate. But FanDuel does have an all-day slate plus a two-game slate of the ter- two early games. And uh, the very early game is going to be the Blue Jays and the Rays. They're going to uh, kick off here at 3-10 uh, each time uh, here in, uh, in in Tampa Bay area. Tanner Rourke going for the Blue Jays. And, of course, you got Blake Snell going up for the Rays. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, I don't know how many people are going to be playing these early games on FanDuel, but what's kind of your take on this one? Yeah, so I think we can definitely target some of those raised bats against Rourke. Uh, he's just he's an innings eater over his career, but he's never been like a standout kind of a guy. Always a guy who put too many guys on base, uh, yielded a little bit of uh, you know too much contact. This year he's been struggling. Uh, he's bottom third, uh, bottom quarter of most of Statcast categories. Twenty fifth percentile hard hit, thirty sixth percentile exit velo allowed. Uh, 36 percentile X Woba, so just, just not pitching well and, and a targetable pitcher. Uh, 152 and 159 home run per nine the last two seasons, 2018, 2019. 1.75 to left handed hitters in 2019. So I definitely think some of those, you know, Austin Meadows up at the top of that Rays lineup, I think is a target. We can definitely get to a Brendan Lowey kind of a hitter in that uh, in that Rays lineup. So a lot of different options there. Uh, we've got G Man Choi in that lineup. Uh, you know, the Yoshi Tatsugo is if he's hitting in there so definitely a lot of go-tos uh um, geez, dog just announced his presence coming into the room <laughs> um, a lot of uh a lot of options in the race and then on the uh on the pitching side i like blake snell uh it's a short slate i think he's going to be extremely extremely popular but i don't really see where you go away from him here um we like that uh that jay's lineup in general uh 66% with this year on his curve and his slider so far. Uh those were around 50% in 2019. Super heavy spin on all this stuff. Uh, tremendous fastball velocity, tremendous fastball spin creates a rising effect makes the fastball very hard to hit gets a lot of swing and miss. Limiting quality contact so absolutely can get to a lot of Blake Snell here. Um Jay's bats that would be limited for me. Um, I can do it. Uh, I would keep an eye on uh, the Snell ownership. And if he's going like crazy, crazy on, maybe you can build in some J stacks. If you're building a ton of lineups, you definitely want to do that. Uh, but for a two game slate, that's a little difficult to do. Yeah. Just looking at the, the history of the Toronto bats against Blake Snow, nothing really to, uh, that, that sticks off the table at you. Ronald Grucek has had 16 at bats against him. 
Uh, no homers, no RBIs, uh, 125 average. Of course, he had a great week last week where uh, from the 11th to the 19th, hitting uh, 14 hits and 33 at-bats, 5 homers, 14 RBIs, and 10 runs scored. So uh, that is uh, something to pay attention to. But uh, he has definitely uh, slowed down here over over the weekend. Now, the other early game is going to be the Marlins and the Nationals. We got Pablo Lopez going for the Marlins and Austin Voigt going for the Nationals. Yeah, Lopez... Uh... Going for the Marlins here. It's not the greatest spot in the world. I don't love the uh, Nationals' bats against him here, but I think a short slate, he's in play. We have to go to him. Uh, he's pitching reasonably well. He's limiting hard contact so far this year. 92nd percentile in exit velo, 91st percentile in hard hit rate. Um, he's allowing uh, Actually, he's limiting barrels pretty well as well, uh, doing decently in uh, K percentage and whiff rate. So pitching fairly well, 20.4% strikeout rate for his career, uh, only 1-1-2 on the home run per nine. Uh, he generates 50% whiff on his curveball so far this year, 42% on the changeup. So he's getting decent swing and miss stuff this year. Five innings pitched in every game or more in every game he started so far in 2020. So I like the option. We're paying for at least some hopefully guaranteed pitch counts and guaranteed innings as long as these Nats don't get on top of them. I wouldn't go to it very much on a bigger slate, but again, short slate with only four options here, you're really limited in what you can do. So I think he's definitely in play. Uh, definitely more so than both on the other side. Uh, not a pitcher that I trust or uh, really want to get to here. Uh, not doing a good job limiting quality contact. 21st percentile on hard hit. 18th percentile ex Woba. Uh, just guys are really getting to him. Doesn't sit anybody down with the strikeouts. Uh, he is allowing uh, for his career only 74 innings pitched. But he's at 158 home runs per nine. So a little bit of an issue with the long ball so far. But it's a very small sample size. He did have some seasons under one uh, home run per nine in the minors. So that's something that might correct. But ultimately just not a real DFS option for me. I think we might be able to even stack some of these Marlins bats on the other side. Uh, you build in uh, a Matt Joyce, good lefty-righty numbers. You've got Corey Dickerson, same story there. Uh, rookie Jesus, uh, Jesus Sanchez coming up uh, as a lefty bat in the middle of this lineup that's supposed to have some prodigious power as a youngster. So I like some things we can do with that Marlins lineup they're not completely dead in the water uh definitely not on a two-gamer yeah the one bat I would mention about for the Nationals going up against Lopez just based on his history uh and, and that would be Juan Soto who's got 11 at bats uh he's got two homers five RBIs that, that's the one guy that on the Nats that uh, I would mention in terms of bats there but of course everyone's going to be looking at that main slate uh which of course is going to kick off at 7-10, and it's going to kick off with the Cubs and the Tigers. Alex Mills going for the Cubbies, and Casey Mize going for the uh, Tigers. Of course, uh, obviously the rookie for the Tigers coming off uh, an outing where he went four and a third against the White Sox, striking out seven. Of course, that was in his MLB debut. And on the other side, Mills, uh, he's given up uh, 10 runs on 12 hits in his last two starts. Yeah, a little bumpy, but uh, you know this could be a very good uh, little pitching matchup, little rookie pitching matchup. So I like what we've got on both sides a little bit. Uh, getting a low projection from Mills and okay projection for uh, Casey Mees. Uh, Mees coming into the league, uh, you know, former first overall pick, excellent, excellent numbers in college. Put up high 20s uh, strikeout rate through the minors at basically every stop. Uh, seven strikeout debut the other day against the White Sox. He's got really, really strong stuff. Uh, throws a uh, you know mid-high 90s uh, four-seamer and then cuts that down with a killer, killer, killer splitter that's uh, low to mid-80s. Just dives off the plate. Big swing and miss pitch for him. So I like Mies here. I think we can get to some of them. 
These cubbies are a tough ask, though. I mean, it's a it's a challenge for a young pitcher. So I would do it. I would temper my expectations and, and you know really limit the amount that I do it. But the price is definitely right. We've seen some wacky low end pitching going off for some big scores. So I don't mind getting to it even on FanDuel where uh, you can still get to some very inexpensive stacks. Mills on the other side has the better of the two matchups uh, with this weak Tigers lineup in here. But you mentioned he's you know not been uh, incredibly, incredibly strong his last couple outings. Overall, I do like him. Uh, he's a kid that knows how to keep the ball in the yard pretty much. His limited exit velo is in the 98th percentile exit velo this year, 91st percentile on hard hit rate. Uh, doesn't have a lot of swing and miss in his arsenal. Doesn't throw very hard. Only a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. Uh, throws 32% of the time he throws it as a sinker. Gets a ton of ground balls. Uh, very, very few strikeouts. So that's really what he's got to rely on. Keep the ball in the yard. Keep it on the ground and get out of this. I like him better as a limiter of the Tigers' offense here than I do as a big-time DFS option. Uh, he's got a 25.1% strikeout rate so far in his career, but that's illusory. That's not really who he is. It's based on some, uh, you know, some small sample numbers. Um, so I, I think we can roll him out to some degree. 7,500 on Fanduel, not the greatest prices. Other guys in that tier that I like, but against this Tigers lineup, they're pretty inept. They're pretty weak, and he's gonna limit them. I think you can get to a little bit of them here, uh, probably more on DK. I guess you got to mention uh, with the Cubs, Chris Bryant going on IL on Saturday, retroactive to Wednesday of last week. We've now seen now a couple of games uh, of what the Cubbies are, are going to do here in terms of some of those Cub bats. I mean, obviously, uh, Anthony Rizzo is going to be the bat that everyone's going to look at. Uh, look at his DK price. He, he's 5,200. Uh, Contreras, 4,800. Baez, uh, 4,600. Schwarber, 4,100. Is there a favorite bat on the Cubs for you? So I think I would probably, out of that group, pick Schwarber just based on his general power. But, I mean, he's going to be popular. Everybody's going to Schwarber, and everybody knows that. Uh, I love Rizzo and Baez also. That trio there just makes a killer little uh, part of a stack, three-man stack, whatever you want to do with it. Everybody's heard me talk a lot about Ian Happ up top. Sneaky, sneaky power. Just really like the kid's bat. Strikes out a little bit too much, but, uh, you know, work in progress and just rakes since he's been, since he's been uh, back in the league full-time. Want to get a little bit sneaky about things? You can look toward lefties uh, like Jason Hayward and Jason Kipnis, the two Jasons late in this lineup. Uh, I like Kipnis working from the bottom of this lineup kind of as a wraparound option, and Hayward can provide some sneaky pops, some sneaky RBI opportunities, doesn't strike out too much, probably going to be hitting like 6, 7 somewhere. And then we uh, move on. We got the Twins and the Indians. Uh, you know, obviously when we uh, – I know when me and you do these shows, we always talk about an Indian stack, and uh, it, it's getting expensive to start stacking these Indians. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the prices are uh, finally matching some of the talent. So uh, I think somebody in Slack today uh, called me out on it, and uh, I think it might have been our pal legalized in there. Uh, I think his comment was, "Every time I open one of Terry or Emacs articles, they're always talking about the Indians." Well, legalized, that's not my damn fault. Everybody under owns them, and uh, that's just what I'm reporting on there, <laughs> pal. So yeah, that's uh, it's another good spot uh, there. Well. It's a tough spot, actually, uh, going against Mida. But I like this team. I like going to that uh, the top of this offense again. Uh, on FanDuel, they're actually still what I would consider underpriced. Um, they're 
you know, Hernandez is still at 2,700. The most expensive bat on the team is at 3,800. That's Jose Ramirez. It's just the nature of how FanDuel is doing pricing this year. So it's not really fair to call it underpriced anymore. It's appropriate for how they're creating the market, but it's under where they should be, used to be, however you want to put that in my head. So even against a good pitcher like Kenta Maeda, I think we can roll with some of these, uh, some of these Indians here. I like the lineup basically one through seven, including Luplo and Santana on the bottom end. Uh, Fran Mel Reyes, just prodigious power that I mention all the time when I talk about this team. So I would expect they're probably going to be sneaky and uh, under-owned again tomorrow uh, with Maid on the Hill. He's pitching great this year. Uh, you know, pitched a, took a no-hitter into the ninth last time out. I think he threw 115 pitches. Really doing a good job limiting quality contact and hard hit uh, across the board all year. Uh, upper 25th percentile of everything that I talk about in StackCast, exit velo, hard hit, XWOB, all those different things. So really, really nice year out of, uh, out of Maida. But I think he can get to some Indians. Uh, I would take both sides of that one. I would also probably take some Savali here. I think he's in play. Uh, even with this deadly twins lineup, it's kind of a, a similar story on the other side of things. He's not pitching as well as Meta, but he does a really good job keeping the ball in the yard. Uh, 0.69 home runs per nine for his career. So that's going to probably limit this twins power. He's a, he's a 29.5% sinker utilization, getting 40% whiff on his changeup and his curveball, 30% on his cutter, uh, which is not necessarily exactly who he usually is. Uh, he's 56th percentile so far this year in, uh, in K rate, 50th in whiffs. Generally speaking, he's like a 21.7% uh, strikeout guy, 5.3% walk, so good control guy. The strikeouts are up a little bit, but uh, I think he could put up a decent sneaky little start here. Um, I don't have his DK price in front of me. I don't love it, love it. 9300 on FanDuel. It's a little bit pricey. I would like it a little bit cheaper, uh, maybe on DK as an SP2. Uh, and, and again, tough lineup here to go up against uh, just top to bottom. Uh, Jorge Polanco, Max Kepler, Nelson Cruz, Miguel Sano, Eddie Rosario. Uh, you know, a couple guys out of the lineup, but uh, just killer, killer lineup, at least at the top part. So tough spot, but uh, decent pitcher. Yeah, his DK price is ninety five hundred. Uh, over on Yahoo, he is forty three dollars. So, uh, something to pay attention there. I mean, yeah, I think the one thing about uh, you know Kenta in that spot is he, he, you mentioned about his last start, the no hitter he took into the ninth inning in one hundred fifteen pitches. That was the most of his career. So you kind of you know, there, there's part of me that can't helps to wonder if could this be a little bit of a letdown game for him. Uh, in this spot, but yeah, man, those Indians bats, it's always, you know, we always talk about the, the Lindors and the Ramirez's and, but is there a value bat in that Indians lineup that, uh, you know, has your eyes at this moment? So a guy I've mentioned a couple different times is uh, is Domingo Santana. He usually hits around seventh in this lineup. He's a right-hander, but uh, I don't mind that here. He strikes out a ton, uh, but he's only 2,500 on FanDuel. Get a decent projection on him. Get an okay power projection on him, and that's the kind of hitter that he is. This year he's sitting currently 177, 320, 323 slash. So 177 batting average. That's something that kind of is going to scare people away. Only a 145 ISO so far. WRC plus is 20% below league average. So I'm not selling a guy who's been uh, exactly on fire so far this year. But there's a lot of quality in that bat. Uh, he can put a charge into a ball. He had 21 home runs and 507 plate appearances last season. Uh, managed to, st to steal the occasional base. Uh, only eight last year, but uh, he's had seasons upwards of that so i like him to be a little bit sneaky there as a low on play uh, i like him better than like jordan luplo on the back end of that lineup not as much as fran mil reyes now of course if you want to find out what the ownerships are going to be or what we're projecting them to be you got to get an awesome plus 
MLB Weekly Pass for fifteen ninety five. This gets you access to player projections, ownership projections, and that top pitchers tool. That is something that you definitely want to check out. I know Terry, you're checking out those those tools every single day. Uh, obviously, the stack tool is is one of my go to tools. Of okay, who, who's going to be that under owned stack? You know, and, and you always you know sometimes it is some of these teams that got that those high salaries that could end up being you know a low stack for you. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, we see that all the time. Good, good-looking teams where it's just that they're so expensive that the pricing keeps people off them, and and they end up with a higher probability of success than they have ownership. And that's exactly what we're looking for. I think that was the Dodgers. I want to say yesterday it might have been the Cubbies. There was a team like that. That's just a super, super spend-up team. Looked really good in projections. Alex loved them. They were at the top of both sites in the stacks tool, and they were going like. I don't want to say half as owned as they should, but somewhere between half and uh, and like a third too uh, too much or too little ownership. So that's the kind of opportunity that I scan that thing for and I want to pounce on. And I love days with big slates because then you get that big grouping in the middle where there's a lot of teams not separated by much in terms of probability, but you can find some real, real ownership edges in there. And I like to look at that at the same time as I look at the individual player ownerships. Because that's how you find edge within even the high-owned stacks. So those tools are important to use together as well rather than just considering one or the other. Um, even if a team ownership is is high, sometimes you can look over to the stack tool. And we saw – I forget who the catcher was the other day. But there was a catcher that was tw- trending around like 40-some-odd percent DraftKings ownership. And we saw that that was creating a big bump in his team ownership where a bunch of the other quality bats in the team weren't actually that owned. So sometimes things can get sneaky that way. So you want to monitor both tools for sure. I'm sure that was Joey Bartz of the Giants. Uh, sure. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure Friday. That's who it was because I, I I think I I remember it was Thursday or Friday when when he yeah. was I want to say 2600 and uh, so, he was yeah. like like the third highest home um player positional yeah, player. Yeah, it was so. somebody. Yeah, you're probably right. It was somebody that was like that, like not a name that I was expecting. And I, when I saw it, I was like, oh, all right, now I get it. <laughs> Sometimes that, that's one of those things about the, I love about the ownership tool. It's just like you start to kind of see, okay, who who is that low end player that everyone is targeting, and and it ultimately leads me to it leads me to say, okay, why are they targeting him? You know that yeah. that's and those are and that's some of the great tools we have over at awesomeo.com. Go to awesomeo.com forward slash join to sign up for the MLB. Weekly pass for fifteen ninety five. Now, of course, if you're listening to this show on YouTube, really would do appreciate hit that thumbs up button. If you're not subscribed to Osmo, hit that subscribe button. Also, that notification bell lets you know when a new show has been posted or we are live on the channel. And of course, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five star review. We really do appreciate that. Next up, we got the Athletics and the Rangers. Lance Lynn eighty nine hundred on DK. What's what's your take on that salary? I like the sound of that. He's 9,800 on uh, FanDuel. So uh, flip those uh, numbers around. So, yeah, I like it better on DK. Uh, Pitcher that I like, though, uh, you know, despite uh, a bunch of good hitters in this A's lineup, a lot of right-handed bats really only Matt Olson to worry about in terms of uh, limiting lefty power anywhere. Uh, So just a pitcher, Lance Lynn has my trust for the most part. Uh, Pitcher that I think we can get to, pitching very well so far this year. Uh, For his career, he's 23.4% strikeout guy, 8.8% walks, totally fine there. Uh, 0.81, 0.81 home run per nine, so limits the home run ball. Uh, 20% whiff on uh, all his pitches this year, 33% on the curveball. Using his sinker 12.5% of the time uh, to generate some uh, good ground balls. Overall, that adds up, uh, add that winning, 
in with his uh, four-seamer usage. It's like a 71% uh, fastball usage to go along with 20% uh, cutter usage and a 7% on his curveball. But he's just getting a good amount of swing and miss, sitting guys down. Uh, 71st percentile in exit velo allowed, 55th in hard hit, uh, but 86th percentile in ex-woba. Uh, just a really, really solid pitcher here. So I don't mind that at all. I think he could have a very nice game against this A's team. We know there are some uh, strikeouts in the middle of this Athletics lineup. Some of those heavy hitters in this lineup strike out a fair amount of the time. So I think he could do a good job. I'll probably get to some A's stacks uh, just to take out a little hedge against it. Not the greatest power numbers. They're usually... 25% higher than what I'm getting on uh, the power meter so far here. So he does it like, again, he does a good job limiting that power. Uh, on the other side of this one, I think we can also uh, roll out some Lizardo against this Rangers lineup. Ton of K's in the Rangers lineup. We know Gallo gets to lefty lefty pretty well. Uh, Shinsu Chu probably not going to be in the lineup. Not sure if he's going to come back tomorrow, but uh, takes another lefty bat off the top of it. But I really like his opportunity to strike out guys. He's a strikeout artist of a pitcher. He's a kid who's just come up. Uh, you know the temper expectations, and you know maybe don't roll it out like crazy. But we've seen the quality from this guy. 27% strikeout rate so far in uh, limited sample size. Uh, 0.92 home run per nine. So keeping the ball in the yard. Through his minor league career, he was a high 20s, 28 to 30% strikeout rate, mid to low twos, FIP. Excellent, excellent prospect. Uh, 35% uh, excuse me, 35% uh, usage on his sinker, getting 44% whiff on that uh, big looping curveball that he's got, 53% whiff on his change. So dynamite pitcher. Um, let's see, in StatCast, he's allowing a little bit of hard hit uh, this year, 36th percentile in uh, exit velo, 57th in hard hit rate. So it's not tragic, but you'd like to see that come down a little. But again, just a hitter I think we can roll out on both sides. Uh, and I probably, in a matchups perspective, I like his matchup against the Rangers offense here more than I like Lynn's against the athletics, even though I think Lynn is the better pitcher and the guy that I trust more, if all that makes sense. Yeah. Lazardo had uh seven strikeouts in, in a win against D backs last time out where he pitched six and a third score sending to other side Lance Lynn. He pitched against these A's back on August the 4th, only allowing one run on three hits uh, did strike out seven, but did walk three in that game, something to note about. Uh, he's got a two and one record against the A's in, in five career starts and uh, should uh, note on the Yahoo salaries that uh, Lynn Lazardo, they are number three and the number five most expensive pitcher on Yahoo. Actually, Lynn's tied for second at $52 Lazardo at $45 on Yahoo. Interesting. So just thinking about those pricing tiers, just to think it through for a quick moment, we've, we had, Oh, Bauer wasn't on this slate, though, was it? Or no, Bauer is on this slate. We Bauer's number one. Bauer's number one at 54? 59. 59. Then it's, so, uh, it's Mata at 52, Lynn 52, okay. Jack Flaherty 47, and Hazel Cesardo 45. Okay, so we had – and I think Savale was in that 40-some-odd tier, yeah. too. So. Yeah, he's 43. Interesting group of pitchers. I think I might lean into Jack Flash there a little bit. Jack Flaherty sounds like a quality guy in that in that range. And then I think I, – I mean I love Bauer, but I think maybe we could get to Lynn and probably pivot off some of the Bauer ownership that I would expect over there even at that high price. Still paying up for a pitcher, but maybe paying up and being different about it in still a quality spot. That's interesting. I really like the way that Yahoo does their salaries just in general. It makes it really interesting and you actually have to think through some of this stuff instead of just mashing some of these guys in. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned about uh, Trevor Bauer. That's the next game we're going to talk about. The Reds and the Brewers, uh, 12000 for Trevor Brewer on DraftKings, most expensive, and then uh, 10200 uh over on DK. And then I mentioned $59 over on Yahoo, taking on Brett Anderson going for the Bruku. He is 6000 on DraftKings. And as I pull up, the he is probably one of the lowest owned as I pull up where there's the Reds game at. Uh, he is 6600 on FanDuel. Yeah, so uh, obviously I think Bauer is kind of a plug-and-play option regardless of who he's facing at this point. He's just absolutely dealing. Uh, he is having a dynamite season. Uh, just looking at his stat cast, it's all all the way in red, all the way to the right. Uh, if you don't know how meters work, left is bad, right is good. Uh, red is good on this meter. That means great. So we're talking about uh, 99th percentile in ex-WOBA, 83rd percentile in hard hit allowed, 72nd in exit velocity, 89th percentile barrels, 98th percentile uh, K rate, 82nd in whiff rate, 100th percentile in fastball spin, 86th percentile in curveball spin. The guy's got electric, electric stuff, dynamite pitcher. Uh, last three years, he's increased his K rate. Uh, it was 26.2% uh, three years out, 308, uh, 30.8 in 2018 and 27.8 in uh, 2019, 25.2% for his career. Dynamite pitcher, 45% uh, whiff this year on his cutter and his slider, 30% on his curve. Stealing a little nugget from the blurbs from MLB.com just because I thought it was cool. He is now the fourth pitcher since 1900 to record at least 40 strikeouts with less than 10 hits allowed in a four-start span. I wow. thought that was pretty amazing. That's great. Yeah, I, I was just looking at his FanDuel numbers. His worst start of the year, <laughs> I, I, I should use that in quotation marks, was <laughs> August 2nd against Detroit, where he only scored 52 points on FanDuel. He had seven strikeouts in, in, in seven innings pitch. His other games, he struck out 13, 12, and 9. He only has two earned runs on the year. I mean, yeah, I mean, you he he's going to be high owned. I mean, there, there's no question about it, and it's it's hard to you know go. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to have a good amount of shares of him. Yeah, it's tricky, and the Brewers have a quality lineup. They're a team that I like to to get to in a good in a good amount when they're in a good matchup. Twelve thousand against them on Fanduel for Bauer. It's going to hopefully create some of that opportunity that we talked about just a minute ago where we're paying up to be different. Hopefully people see that and they lean into a 10K for Jack Flaherty, who I have projected right around the same number. Uh, hopefully they see that and they lean into – well, the, that's a pitcher who's not on the slate, but uh, I have these mixed in. But yeah, hopefully they see that. They lean into like a $9,800 Lance Lynn instead and it creates some of that opportunity on Bauer. Um, on FanDuel on the one pitcher site. If it does, I think I can get to it because I think we've got so much savings in the bats over there that 12K, I'm not really sweating spending that on a pitcher. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, you know we talk about this on all the shows here at Osmo is just roster construction. You know, if if you're going to put them in your FanDuel lineup, how are you constructing the rest of your roster? And you know, and I, and I think if it, you know on DraftKings, for instance, if if he's your SP one, who you put in SP two? Right. Right, and that's where you, that's where we get tricky, and that's where we want to start considering some of these other price tiers and really look at things in terms of tiers. All right, these these three guys cost this much. These few guys cost this much, and it's kind of the same thing with the ownership. Uh, you triggered it in my mind before when you were mentioning ownership. Just tier those things out a little bit, guys. When you're looking at player ownership on these different teams, put the guys at the same positions together, same prices together, and just look where you can make some 
just easy changes. All right, this guy's going off at 25%. Well, why do we think he's going at 25%? Is it price-driven or is it projection-driven? Is it a quality spot or is he just popular for a narrative reason? Is there a sensible pivot that we're getting the same projection but a lot lower ownership to? So really digging deep into these tools and laying things out next to one another and seeing how they look across the entire spectrum of a slate is really the right way to do that. So yeah, I, I think that's a consideration. If you're paying up for Bauer, where you're going at SP2, does it make sense to drop down to a cheaper SP1 so that you can pay up a little bit at SP2? So definitely a consideration. I do not think that the answer to that question is Brett Anderson, though. I think I'm going to be building some red stacks here against Anderson. <laughs> of course, we can uh, read your stacks here at awesome.com, uh in the morning. Uh, you mentioned about Jack Flaherty. I, I guess he, here's my question for you. Are you concerned about how what his pitch count is going to be? I am. And that would be the uh, the one thing with Jack Flash here. Um, so we got to be really careful about that. You know, maybe look for some info tomorrow. He's definitely got a probably too high innings projection in my model right now that I have to take down. I didn't do that before the show. But yeah, we only saw 41 pitches from him last time out. Still kind of getting stretched out. Um, you know, we the Cardinals missed essentially two weeks of the season and restarted their season for the third time this year. So it's tricky. Uh, you know, I feel I, don't, I think this is the first time since like the first or second day of the season that we've been able to even roster Flaherty on a main slate, uh, just given all their uh, all their absences. And then he's had a, a couple day games. So, yeah, I'm concerned about that. But this is a pitcher that I really, really like. He's got excellent strikeout stuff uh, and could put up a decent game if we see just 60 pitches. You're going to be paying a lot for those 60 pitches, though. It's not one of those uh, spots where we're only paying you know, 6K or whatever it is for uh, a young kid and we're concerned about the pitch count. Here we're paying 10 grand for Jack Flaherty on FanDuel and we don't know how many pitches he's going to throw against a reasonably good Royals lineup. There are strikeouts available and I do think, like I said, that he can put up a good game. But if he's limited, he's only seeing the top of the lineup a couple times and then not seeing that back end where some of those strikeouts live, that concerns me a little bit. Um, so... Tricky, tricky spot, something to keep an eye on during the day. Very curious to see where he ranks in the top starters tool tomorrow. Now, is Brad Kelleher one of those guys you're looking at as a potential SP2 on DraftKings? I think so. Uh, Keller's been excellent so far this year uh, for the most part. You know, He keeps the ball in the yard really, really well. Uh, he's a 0.61 home run per nine. It's a theme tonight. There's a lot of guys with really, really low home runs per nine. I think I'm going to see a lot of limited power in my home run model tonight. A lot of guys that throw heavy sinkers and induce a ton of ground balls. Uh, so far for his career, Keller's been over 50% ground ball, which is very good uh, in every year of his career. I think he's at like 53% this year. I just for some reason rounded it down to 50% and put it as uh, all through career on my notes. Uh, he's getting 40% whiff on his slider. Got very, very good stuff. So I think we could see a good game. He's not a big strikeout guy, which is the only real concern. But at his pricing, I think we can roll him out as an SP2. I think we can get away with him even uh, – limited, limited deployment as an SP1 on uh, FanDuel. This Cardinals lineup is one that I like against the right pitcher, but I don't necessarily know that this is the right pitcher to target. Again, he's going to keep the ball in the yard most likely, and some of these hitters are not the greatest when we're not just looking for that home run or or you know the three true outcomes type of game. So I don't think it's going to be a big day to stack Cardinals, and it could be a day to get to some Brad Keller. Uh, then we got the uh, two more games left here on this slate. We've got the Angels and the Astros. Valdez going for the Astros and Sandoval going for the Angels. 
Yeah, Sandoval, uh, finally a guy that uh, we do see some home runs against, but it's only in 59 innings, so it's really not that fair to cite it. But since I haven't been able to talk too much about home runs, uh, in his 59 innings, he's given up 11 of them. Five to left-handed hitters, six to right-handed hitters. Uh, he's a lefty, and uh, he's faced more right-handed hitters, obviously, but giving up some same-handed power there. Uh, so that's that's interesting to see. For his career, 22.0% uh, strikeout, 9.8% walk, so allows too many walks, too many free base runners, 1.67 overall home run per nine. Again, very small sample. Uh, this year, uh, 19th percentile exit velo, 3rd percentile hard hit rate, uh, 18, uh, 16th percentile in uh, strikeout rate, 41st percentile in whiff. So he generates some swing and miss, but doesn't sit a lot of guys down with the actual strikeout. So he's not great at finishing guys off. Uh, against this Astros team as a lefty, that's going to be pretty deadly. Uh, despite the price, I'm going to have a lot of trouble justifying any Patrick Sandoval tomorrow. Uh, and he's a pitcher that sometimes people do go to. I don't think they're going to be going to him in droves uh, in this matchup, though. Uh, I don't really see it. I think we can roster a lot of these Astros bats. I think they're going to be very popular, but it's a very, very good spot. And they are not that expensive. Um, and this has to be a mistake. Or he's. I think he's still on the DL. Did Jordan Alvarez come back? No, this no, must he, be an no, he's DL. Yeah, he's he's yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's, right? yeah, he's not. Yeah, he got placed yeah. on the right. uh, sixty on the forty-five day uh, list. I mean, he had surgery. Yeah. All, right. All right, so I've got an old projected lineup in here, but that because that jumped out at me that he was priced at two thousand on Fanduel. That would have been laughable. But you still got a ton of quality in this lineup, right? With uh, George Springer, with Alex Bregman, Yuli Gurriel, Carlos Correa, uh, Jose Altuve. Despite his struggles, I've mentioned a ton of times. Hall of Fame track since he started his career as a hitter. Uh, it, just a guy you absolutely do not have to worry about as a hitter. So I would get to these Astros early and often tomorrow. So I guess the question is, are you going to beat Emac to the, the Astros stack tomorrow story? <laughs> he gets them out before me, and they look so good, and I know that's a team he likes to go to uh, when there's a bad lefty against them. So I bet he beats me to that one. Unless you see my column land miraculously before his, I bet he beats me to that one tonight. Uh, you know, you, you look at the Angels. Obviously, they've got you know two high price bats at the top of that lineup with Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon. Rendon's hitting the ball really well. Unfortunately, from a, a DFS perspective, he's only got one home run in his last week, sixty RBIs. But you know, he he has gone several games where he's getting double digits in, in points. Uh, in, in terms of the Angels bats, what sticks out to you besides obviously those top two guys? Yeah, so we've got the top two guys, and then uh, you know, we can get to a few different Angels bats here against Framber. Framber's a pitcher uh, in general that I think he's pretty good, but uh, another guy does keep the ball in the yard, 0.84 home run per nine over his 139 innings, 21.6 strikeout. What he does do is put a lot of guys on base via the walk. Um, he throws his sinker 55% of the time and it gets out of the zone. Sometimes he put, puts guys on 12.4% over his career for a walk for, uh, excuse me, 12.4% walk rate for his career. So way too many guys on via the free pass. And if you're doing that with guys like this in the lineup, David Fletcher, Tommy LaStella up at the top of the lineup are guys I mentioned, uh, I think it was to Emac the other day that over the course of this season really have kind of earned my respect. They do a good, good job getting on base. Uh, Fletcher's at 374 on base percentage uh, going into today. He's got Listella's at 359. So patient hitters getting on base atop this lineup in front of the Mike Trouts, the Anthony Rendones, the Shohei Otanis of the world is exactly what we want to see. You can build those guys into your stack with confidence that even though they don't really produce on their own a ton, Listella does more than Fletcher does uh, with his 193 ISO this year. 
But they're guys who set the table really, really well for those mashers. Uh, I don't worry about Anthony Rendon's lack of power in the slightest. Uh, he is still sitting, uh, despite the lack of home runs, at a 2.56 ISO for this season, uh, creating runs at an 80% uh, above average clip. So don't sweat the lack of home runs. 34 last year in 646 plate appearances. They're in that bad. I'm not. I'm not worried there. Uh, but definitely a lineup I like. And then you've got, uh, if he's in the lineup, you've got a, a Albert Pujols. You've got a Joe Adele hitting late. Uh, you've got Castro or Stasi on the catcher end of things. Uh, probably going to be Stasi against the lefty. So you can get sneaky with him over on DK as probably a low-owned catcher with a little bit of pop. No, not a ton, but uh, strikes out a lot too much. But, uh, yeah, definitely some bats I like in that Angels lineup. Again, a, a pitcher who does a good job of limiting the home run. So it might be just a day where we're playing for a lot of doubles type of baseball. It might not be the highest scoring hitting day. And then our final uh, game of the night is going to be the Rockies and the D-backs. Uh, Merrill Kelly going for the Diamondbacks. He's at 8,700 on DK. Yeah, Kelly's a, a good pitcher. Uh, he's having a pretty good year. 23.2% uh, strikeout so far this year over his 31 innings. 395 XFIP, uh, is, uh, walking only 4% of hitters. So, you know, pretty darn good at keeping guys off of base. Uh, over his career, he's 20.7% strikeout. You'd like to see that come up a little bit, but uh, does a reasonably good job uh, not walking guys for his career, too. 6.9% walk, 1-4-3 home run per nine, so a little bit vulnerable to the home run, but again, nothing nothing too terrible. Generating 37.8% uh, whiff on his changeup, 28% on his curveball. Uh, you'd like to see the quality of contact numbers a little bit better. Uh, currently sitting 50th percentile exit velo, 34th percentile in hard hit rate, 17th percentile in barrels allowed. So allowing a little bit too much quality contact, not getting as many strikeouts as you'd like to see. Uh, 31%, uh, 31st percentile in whiff rate, uh, 49th in K rate. So those could come up a little bit as well for him here. But ultimately, a pitcher that I do like, a guy that I think is in play against this Rockies lineup on the road, uh, particularly is potentially a uh, – not sure if he's cheaping up. Uh, for some reason, the DK pricing didn't pop up in my model here. Uh, 8,600, I think we can get to him a little bit on FanDuel. Not sure if he's cheap enough on DK. Uh, do you have his DK price to be an SP2? Uh, Merrill Kelly? Yeah. 8,700. 87. So, yeah, he's around the same price. So that's like a low-tier SP1 uh, or a pay-up SP2. So a little bit tricky. Uh, but if we can find some discount stacks and you can double up on guys in that tier as your SP1 and your SP2, I don't hate that. Uh, so keep them in mind for something like that. On the other side of this one, uh, Castellani, I think, is going to be a fire away with uh, Diamondbacks kind of a night. Not a pitcher really for me, uh, even at cheap pricing, not getting a good projection on him. Um 19% strikeout rate uh, for so far over his uh, only 14 innings in the majors. That's around what he was in the minors, so he's not a big strikeout guy. 11.7% uh, walk, 12.2% walk the last two seasons in double-A AA and triple-A baseball. So a guy who puts too many guys on base in the minors. Uses a sinker 17.9% of the time to try and induce some ground balls. 40% whiff on his slider, but overall just not that great, not that strong of a pitcher. Uh Bottom fourth percentile in exit velo allowed, fourth percentile hard hit rate allowed, 26th percentile ex-woba, uh, only 30th percentile in K rate. So a guy that I think we can load up some of these snakes bats against here. There's a lot of bats we talk about a fair amount of the time. Uh, you get Cole Calhoun uh, on the good side of his splits. You get both Martes here. I like Peralta as a lefty against the righty. Christian Walker and Eduardo Escobar, a lot of power in both of those bats. Tails off a little bit toward the end. Uh, Steven Vogt could be a low-owned catcher play uh, who can definitely get into a righty as a lefty if he's in the lineup. So uh, different things you can do here. I like the Diamondbacks lineup. Uh, Rockies on the road. 
I'll get to a little bit of it against Kelly. If Kelly's drawing a bigger share of ownership than I expect, that's a team that I might look to get into more of those stacks just as a sneaky offset to a uh, to that pitcher's ownership. So definitely a game that's going to be interesting for me tomorrow. Yeah, and if you want to uh, you know look at Merrill Kelly on Yahoo as your second pitcher option, he is $38 on Yahoo. So that I like. That's interesting compared to – some of those forty guy, forty dollar guys like Savali, I like I like Merrill Kelly better at thirty eight there than I like uh, Savali in the forties for sure. Um, so that's an interesting price. I would definitely poke around with him and then uh, see what you can do with some of those interesting Yahoo uh, one offs that they create. You know, build your two stacks and then see if you can find a good one off to create some salary space. Put in a guy like Kelly and then uh, see if you can pay up to one of those fifty dollar pitchers in the other spot. I think that's a solid construction. And that's always a key thing is, you know, when you're playing on multiple platforms, look at the prices. There may be a guy you like on one that you don't like on the other. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And a lot of people fall into that trap. You know, they'll listen to their podcast or show of choice. Hopefully it's the early bird and the strategy show and live before lock. But we understand there are other sites. But there's a lot of groupthink. And then a lot of people get caught up in not even thinking on the same site from slate to slate what the pricing differences are. If there are, you know, on an early slate versus a main slate. Um, And then definitely site to site, there are huge pricing differences. Some of it is relative like we see between DK and uh, FanDuel where there are just higher prices on DK. So you have to adjust your your level set but the relative pricing there are still giant differences in some of those and then you see what yahoo does and i think they have the most interesting most dynamic pricing over there so i think sharp players can really take some advantage over there and i keep on saying it i have to get more in in, more yahoo into my model more yahoo into my dfs life i really got to start hammering that site because i really like what they're doing with pricing over there yeah of course they are the sponsor of this of this show, Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. Do want to let you know uh, for if you like to play NBA DFS, we've got a deal that expires tomorrow. The Mamba Special, where you can get an awesome plus weekly pass for only eight twenty four when you use the promo code Mamba at checkout. That is fifty percent off off all the NBA DFS premium tools that we have, player projections, ownership projections, the boom bust tool, tool, and so much more. This offer is valid through Mamba Day on Monday, August 24th. I will be hosting the NBA Live Before Lock. Uh, Don't know as I'm doing the show exactly what time, but do expect that we will be uh, on tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Of course, uh, in the morning time, you've got the MLB Strategy Show. Then, of course, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Monday night will be live before lock. So when you're uh, looking for that last-minute advice, uh, be sure to check out all the programming we have here over at AwesomeO.com. Uh, Terry, before we get out of here, let everyone know what uh, they can expect to uh, see from you on AwesomeO.com on Monday. So I'll have my uh, quick hits and home runs column going up overnight as usual. Uh, it'll drop sometime between uh, when I get off of this show and uh, after I eat dinner and everything and uh, like midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning when I get it done. Uh, and then tomorrow I'll have Stacks Lance, which uh, utilizes the Stacks tool and uh, really tries to dig in, look for some of those lower-owned spots. So, And then in between, I'm going to be doing a lot of fantasy football research, man. I gotta, I'm a little bit behind, but uh, i got to get my ass in gear on fantasy football. And uh, I'm loving what I'm seeing on the site. I don't know if you've checked out a lot of our different tools and everything, but the differences in our rankings and the, the advantage that that can create at some of these drafts that I'm looking forward to, I think I'm going to smoke some of my friends this year. I don't know about you, but I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm planning on spending some of my night just personally just digging into some fantasy football stuff too. Well, I think we're what uh, today we're uh, three weeks away from the first NFL Sunday. Which is ridiculous. I am so far behind. 
Yeah, right there. Yeah, if you if you go to Rossmo.com and, and and take advantage of the the season long fantasy football draft kit that we have up there for twenty nine ninety five, and uh, be sure to check out uh, great stuff there. As you mentioned, Terry mentioned, yeah, three weeks uh three weeks today, I'll be in New Orleans. Nice, yeah. jealous. Gonna, gonna be interesting being in an empty stadium in New Orleans because New Orleans is, in terms of a indoor stadium, it is the loudest indoor stadium there is. It's and it's not even close. It is not even close. Uh, you know, outdoor stadiums, KC's really loud. Seattle, I think, is the loudest. When that place is jamming, oh, I have been on the sidelines, and thank God I have headphones on. <laughs> I mean, thank God, because it gets super loud. But, uh, but yeah, be sure to check out all the programming here have at awesomeote.com. So that's going to wrap it up for the MLB Early Bird Podcast for the Monday, August the 24th MLB Slate.